It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to look at a uh, portion of Scripture found in the book of Chronicles. And we're going to look specifically at 2 Chronicles, the 18th chapter. And I am reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV. So if you are familiar with that, great. If you're not familiar with that, um, it's, a, it's a good version. I just found it interesting the way it uh, put this text into words. So um, if you want to follow along in the King James or NIV or whatever you may have, that's perfectly fine. But you know that I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 1, 2 Corinthians verse 18. How many have that? Say praise the Lord. All right, now Jehoshaphat, listen, listen, listen to this, this story, how it's being set up here. Now Jehoshaphat had great riches and honor. Man, the, the problem with being a preacher is that every time you read the scripture, there's more insight and revelation that come to you that you want to share and people blame, blame things on you like preaching too long, but it's, it's this... You know, there was given to me, I feel like Paul, there was given to me a thorn. And, and you know, the thorn that was given to him was given to Paul because of the revelations that he had of God. And it just had to kept, keep him humble. So God gave me uh, my beautiful wife and my three beautiful daughters as multiple thorns to, to keep me, to keep me in, in a place of check, just at a place of check, so, so I can try to, to say, um, there's revelation, there's such revelation in the Word that, Matt, you'd agree with me, when you read it, it doesn't matter how many times you've read it or preached from it, it just comes alive in a new fashion every time to fit the circumstances of your life where you may be at that time. So, listen to this. Jehoshaphat had great riches and honor. Now, somebody... Remind me of that in a minute, okay? And he made a marriage alliance with Ahab. After some years, he went down to Ahab in Samaria. And Ahab killed an abundance of sheep and oxen for him, for the people who were with him. And induced him to go up against Ramoth-Gilead. Ahab, king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah... Will you go with me to Ramoth-Gilead? He answered him, I am as you are, my people as your people. We will be with you in the war. And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Inquire first for the word of the Lord. And today I, my message is going to be pointed Somewhat brief, but clear, <laughs> but clear. Here, here's my question, and this will be our title today. What's first for you? What's first for you? All right, God bless you. You may be seated. When life happens before us, which it does to all of us. And we began 
at, at that moment to feel the effects of both positive and negative situations, the first move that we make speaks volumes about our devotion, our character, and our spirituality. Life happens to us all, both in positive situations and in negative circumstances. I mentioned a few moments ago how tragic it would be to know as a pastor I was facing uh, five funerals this week. That's tragic. That's difficult. But as others in this building know, all too familiar that, that it happens. And there's nothing that you and I can do about life happening in front of us. It's not always negative. It's, it's not always challenging. It's not always difficult. Sometimes life brings to us unexpected blessings and favor and promotions and restoration and healing and, and we just shake our head and say, wow, I, I never saw that coming. I can't, I, it, where did this come from? So it's, it's not always negative. Sometimes we're dealing with the positive effects of life. And, and this is where I want to be uh, clear in the outset today that no matter if it is a negative set of circumstances that, that someone uh, surprised you with the exit that you never saw coming. I have a friend I grew up with who uh, came home from work one day and everything in his home was gone. And, and he was trying to figure out what had happened. Had they been robbed? Someone come in and take taken everything that they owned. And he soon realized that it wasn't a stranger. It was his wife who, who decided she was through. She was done. And she took everything in the home and left without a word. And that was the end. That, that's the end. Deal with it how you may. Things happen to us. It, it's not always the loss of life. Sometimes it was it was just you going to the doctor for a routine visit and 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 you get a, a, a look from the doctor. You you get a call after the fact. Uh, you come back in something with the blood. It happens. It happened. Not one person in this place is uh, is is isolated from that or insulated from life. Life happens to us all. There are times uh, just as as sure as the negative experience is the positive things. You show up at work and you never knew that they were looking at you for a promotion. You, you never knew that they, they were considering moving you into a different position that, that would affect your life in a tremendous way. And, and you say, wow, where did this come from? And you, you want to share that. You want to share the tragedy. And you want to share the triumph with people in your life. Things happen and, 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 and immediately, who are you going to call? And who do you turn to? Is it a friend? Is it a family member? Is, is it, it, I'm going to grapple with uh, life to come up with a solution. How do I get through this? What do I do? Who do I turn to? What, what, how am I going to face this? But, but the, the move that you make at that moment, that 
that very moment speaks volumes about, about your life. And, and I could make a lot of comments concerning each piece of this, our devotion, our character, our spirituality. And, and, and I know I could spend the rest of the day, probably turn this into a series just talking about, about those things. But I'm going to spare you the details. Suffice to say that it is carnal. Are you listening? Human nature. Carnal human nature. Don't get offended. You have to hear me out before you get offended. Okay? It is carnal human nature to turn in situations like that, good or bad, to turn immediately to family, friends, earthly solutions, social media, and a plethora of other options. It is carnal. That is, soon as something happens in your life, you got to call your family, you got to call your friend, you got to call your best friend. Who am I going to tell? Who am I going to share? Who am I going to vent with? Where am I going to go? I got to blast this all over social media. I got to tell everybody just what happened. I got to find, I got to find a carnal solution. There's an earthly, a worldly solution to this somehow. I'm gonna, who am I going to talk to? Where am I gonna, what am I going to sign up for? It is carnal human nature. For the first thing that happens in your life is for you and I to turn to a friend or family member or one of those other things that I've talked about. Okay? Now hear me out. Because approaching life from a spiritual posture, no matter what's going on in your every day, if, if, you and I are where we are supposed to be. The first thing that should happen in our lives should not be others, but should be Him. It should be Him. I'm going to say it again. Triumph or tragedy, the first move that we make should be to Him. If it is to anything else, then our life needs to somehow find its way back to where it needs to be. Because the first move, remember, speaks volumes. It speaks volumes about the things that I mentioned. Our devotion. What are we devoted to? Am I devoted to my family? Don't get me wrong. Don't, don't paint with a broad brush here. Am I devoted to my friends? Am I devoted to the platforms that I'm socially connected on? Am I devoted to some answer that I've yet to find out there? Or am I devoted to Him? Because the Bible tells me that no matter what happens in my life, no matter what's going on in my life, that something good can come out of it if I approach this the right way. 
Well, I've got to call my mom. I've got to tell my sister. I've got to call my best friend. I've got to air this on social media. I've got to look for a solution. I've got to Google whatever this is. I've got to find out what that disease is. I've got to find out what the medicine does and what are the side effects. And, and here, here's the world we're living in. We immediately want to share, hey, I just got a bonus, or hey, I just got a promotion, or hey, can I tell you what just happened? Instead of taking a step back at that moment and say, this moment reveals who I really am who am I devoted to what am I devoted to what is life about where is my character established what will move in that and not and am I a spiritual person or not or am I simply caught up in the realm of carnality a spiritual person would realize in the very moment that life happens to you that if a favor or blessing comes your way it didn't come from anyone else but him and so you stop in that moment and say the first thing that I have to do right now is thank him for the very favor and blessing that has come into my life it may have come through the hand of someone else it may have come through the conversation of someone else but he was behind it all and I have to slow down long enough just to say thank you. Or if it's tragedy, then I have to know. I I prayed this. I prayed this last night in our prayer when I thought about this tragic situation of the loss of so many lives a few days ago down in, in Florida. I thought about this. The Bible said He would not put more on us than what we could bear. Now, I can't imagine trying to bear that. But either... I let carnality and my limited, finite imagination say, I don't know how you deal with that. Or I have to say, he said he wouldn't put more than what we could bear. And so he knows what I don't know. And at this moment, I can't charge God foolishly. I have to say, God, you know exactly what you're doing. As Job said it, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be his name. The first thing that we have to do, whether life is going our way or not is acknowledge him and in doing that we show what kind of devotion we have we show what kind of character we have we prove if we're spiritual or not the bible says when a brother and his a brother is overtaken in a fault ye which are spiritual restore carnal people do more damage. Carnal people carry the tail. Car- Are you hearing me? Carnal people talk about things they don't know. Carnal people assume they have the details and carnal people continue to stab the wounded. Spiritual people, according to Galatians, the Bible said, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. See, see, it, it, it's, it's all right here. It's all right here. And, and I, I could talk about it for quite a while. When, when we are confronted with, with a decision. Here's, I don't know if you've thought of this before, but let me, let me bring it to your attention. Life, every experience in life, every challenge in life, every difficulty in life, every uh, advantage in life, every talent in life, everything that life brings and unfolds before you has attached to it a decision. Okay? Everything. Everything that happens in your life has an attachment like the emails that you receive with an attachment to it and you have to open it up and decide what you're going to do. When life happens, 
attached to that is a decision. Will I honor Him or will I honor others? Will I stay devoted to Him or will my devotion be to others? Will my character remain what it's supposed to be in the midst of challenge and, and, and triumph or will my character be pushed into the area that some operate in called situational ethics? Situational ethics are dangerous to the core values and character of people and who you're supposed to be. If your ethics are always changing based on the situation that you're in, then you are a person that cannot be trusted. You are a person that cannot be relied on. And you are a person by all means that no one should ever follow. I am who I am in good days, bad days, public settings, private settings, private conversations, public conversations. What you see is what you get. If you can't testify to that in your own life, then please let me preach to you today and say God is calling you out. God is calling you out. Let, let Him, let Him deal in your life. He sees what we cannot see. And everything that comes in life to us comes with this attachment of a decision. What will I do? What will I do with this? How will I deal with this? Handle this? What, what is my first step? How do I go forward? What will I do first? Here's the decisions that come. What will I do first? What will I do with this? Will I take all the credit? Well, I've been working hard. I've been putting in all these hours, all this overtime, and I've been studying, paying for school. I did, look, I, I, yes, I'm thankful for the blessing, but I've been working my hide to the bone for years to get to where I am. Really? Is that, is that honoring him or is that honoring you? Come on, let me, let me talk to you today. It's the first day of the year. Let, let, I mean, the, the weekend of the year. Let, let me talk to you. God help us to understand that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. You can work, you can, I've seen some people that have studied as hard as anybody in this building, work more hours than anybody in this building, and it seems like they can never catch a break, they can never get ahead, no door ever opens for them. And if it's just hard work, there's people that have worked circles around many of us that have never obtained or achieved anything that we have. What I have is because He's blessed me. What I enjoy is because He's blessed me. Yes, I have to do something about it. But without His part in this, I can't do anything without Him. But with Him and through Him, I can do all things because He strengthens me. Amen, amen, amen. And so who, who do you turn to first? Not only what do you do first, but who do you turn to first? The decisions that come with all the happenings of life will ask you these two things. Well, this, this is what you're gonna, who you're going to turn to. What are you going to do? 
Well, what I'm going to do is honor him. Who am I going to turn? I'm going to, I'm going to turn to him first and say, thank you for breath today. Thank you for life today. Thank you for health today. Thank you for the capacity to be able to produce today. Thank you for all of the things that you have done. Thank you for the knowledge of truth. Thank you for a family that, that, that loves truth and stands with me in something that I can hold on to. See, some turn to fear immediately, immediately when life happens. The first thing they do is, I'm dead, I'm dead. I mean, the doctor just said, I think I can help you with migraines. And you thought, I'm dead. This migraine is going to kill me this time. This is taking me out. I mean, some of you have been stressing and fretting over fasting. You're, you're, like, you're like, oh my God, it's fast week. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to fast three days. I'm going to die. Oh, you can't make it without the amount. I need 1,800 calories every meal, and i got to have 6,000 a day. And, oh. Listen. I'm fatter this January than I was last January. It didn't kill me last year. It's not going to kill you. We went a whole lot longer last year than we did and we're going to this year. Quit, quit turning to fear as soon as life happens to you. The doc, you get a phone call and maybe the doctor just wanted to wish you happy birthday. I don't know. And you thought it was the bad report. I, said, I, don't, I can't call him back. I know what it is. I mean, it's, 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 good. it's eating me up alive. Look at your neighbor and just laugh at him and say, he is talking to you right now. <laughs> Come on, somebody, help pastor out today. You know it's the truth. Some people turn to fear. They turn to stress. They turn to worry. They turn to fret. They, they, they don't even know how it's going to turn out. They don't even know the full scope of what's going on. They just know, I'm just worried. It's just who I am. Well, you're claiming to be a new child in Christ. Why are old things passed away and the only thing you're holding to is all the negativity that sin sowed into your spirit? Uh, but I'm just pessimistic. No, you're not. You're just not letting faith take a hold of your life. Amen, amen, amen. So we turn to fear. We Others turn to fleshly confidence. I mean, some people walk in like the cock of the walk. Raise this year, bonus this year, corner office this year. My God, I'm awesome. Arrogance, arrogance. I mean, head so big they can't get through the door. You know what I'm talking about. You don't, you know, you don't want to be around those kind of people because you're working as hard as they are. You're putting in as much effort as they are. You're doing, and, and it's somehow, yeah, look, look at me, look what I've done. We're, we're superior, we're up here. There, sometimes in the church world, this is one of the premier things that the outsiders, if you will, from church world see. There is such arrogance sometimes in Christianity. Can I tell you, that's not Christ-like. He was not arrogant. He was not puffed up. He was not proud. He was not a boaster. He was not shoving everything in everybody's face. God, help us not to be that way. Some people turn to fear. Other people turn to arrogance. Often, often this fleshly confidence can be called arrogance. But here we are in our text. i got to get here. <laughs> you, have, you have the king of Israel, Ahab, and you have the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, coming together, joining forces in an alliance to advance together in battle and go up against Ramoth-Gilead. 
And Ahab entices Jehoshaphat to join in this. Let's go take Ramoth-Gilead. We, we're powerful. We're strong. We have, we have what it takes to get this done. And in this conversation, only one of those kings, only one of those kings realizes the importance uh, of the first course of action, what I've been talking about. So what you have here, what you have here is Ahab and Jehoshaphat, Israel and Judah, one, one full of arrogance, pride, and the list goes on and on, and the other one that says immediately as the first course of action, he's concerned in verse 4, he says, let's seek God. Let's seek God. And Ahab's like, what? There's two armies here. We're going up against Ramoth Gilead. Let's go. And he said, first, let's, let's seek the word of God. First, let's find out what, what God has to say about this. It's that it's when life is happening to you and he's brought into an alliance and it looks like a sure deal. They're going to win. No way to lose. The first thing he could have in, in, his, in his pride and being uplifted and arrogant and all those things, and back to what I said, remind me about, he had riches, the Bible said. Jehoshaphat was rich and he had honored, the scripture tells us in verse 1, in abundance. He was wealthy. Here's what happens many times. People say, you got to be careful about being around wealthy people because they're so arrogant and full of pride and blah, 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 and their money. Here is a man that proves you can have wealth you can have prestige, you can have position, you can have all of those things, but not rely on those things. At that moment when he had, here's the king saying, come on, let's go. He said, first we need to talk to God. In other words, I may have all these things, but I'm not depending on my money. I'm not depending on my name. I'm not depending on my position. I'm not depending on who I am or where I came from. I need God in spite of everything else that may be good or bad in my life at this moment. Amen. And so he says, let's seek God. Now, Ahab wasn't, wasn't uh, excited about this advice from Jehoshaphat because he knew God would not condone the evil intentions that he possessed. Ahab knew God was not going to be for this attack, so he didn't want to hear from God. Now, this is interesting because not living right puts a person in that position. What position you ask? A position of say, I don't really want to hear what he has to say. Uh, I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's Ahab. One king is saying, let's talk to God. The other king is saying, just talk to me. I got it all handled. No need, to go. I, I don't want to hear what he has to say. Live When people don't want to hear what God has to say, just know they're not living right. They're not living right. They're, they're not where they should be. Everything and everyone, everything and everyone, it was more important to Ahab than God. But only God was important to Jehoshaphat. His money wasn't important. His position wasn't important. His prestige, his title, his abilities were not important. What was important to him was we got to hear from God. But Ahab, everything else took precedent over that. And one reason Ahab hated 
the true... He, he, he hated the true word and direction of God that was going to come from the man of God. You just read a few verses later and you'll find out that, that it, the, the Bible literally says in verse number 7, but I hate him. See, see, Ahab, in this conversation with Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat has said, hey, isn't there someone around here we can talk to that will tell us what God said? He's like, yeah, yeah, Ahab, I got all that covered. I got all these men hired and I got all these people hired and we'll bring them together and they'll tell us exactly, yes, these are good people, yeah, absolutely, these are spiritual, religious people and they're going to tell us what we need to hear. And he had this whole group of men that would come forward and say, pursue, attack, go do it. And, and, and Jehoshaphat's like, I don't need a committee if you will, I need to hear from not the committee voices of God, the many voices of God. Oh, Lord, help me to be nice right now. I need to hear the word. Not, not from this one or that one and talk to the third one or the second one or the fifth one or down. I, I just need to talk to the one that I can hear from. I need to hear the word. And Jehoshaphat said, but I have all these voices. Read it. I have all these. I mean, Ahab said, I have all these voices. Get, we'll get them together. They'll all, they'll all confirm. They'll all, they'll all give the stamp of approval. They'll all say this is what. And he said, but isn't there someone else? Micaiah. Yeah, Micaiah. No, no. Ahab's like, there is no way. I hate him. See, some people that hate the voice of God in their life, they hate the man of God. They hate the preacher. They'll talk to everybody else but the one who'll tell them the truth. They'll get their crowd together, their family together, their social media followers together. They'll get all their friends together, get everybody to agree. You're right. That's right. You should leave. You better do that. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. And you got them all on your side, but one person would look at you and say, wait a minute, I don't think, I don't think your motive's right. I know I might be the bad guy, but I think your spirit's right. I think you'd be, you need to be real careful. Ahab literally said, I hate I hate the man of God. I hate the voice of God. He never prophesies anything good to me. Read it. He said, he never tells me what I want to hear. Thank God for somebody who never tells you what you want to hear because that might be the one sole single voice in your life that's bringing truth when everyone else, the crowd is saying, do something else, do something else, do something else. And there's one saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's something wrong at the foundation here. He said, I hate him. I don't want to hear from him. He never says anything good. And it's just like many people at face circumstances today they don't really want to know what the pastor has to say because many times it's opposite of what they want to hear and the sad reality is the rest of this chapter the rest of chapter 18 if you read the rest of it tells the story of defeat on the king of Israel's part the rest of the chapter talks about the demise of Ahab be careful when you run away from the voice of God in your life. Be careful. Headed down a road of hurt, destruction, pain, loss. God, help us. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to convict you today. I'm not trying to put any heaviness on you. I'm just talking to you out of my heart. Read the Word of God. You have two men facing the same situation. One says, I like all this 
conversation. The other one says, let's hear what God has to say. And, and out of that, their story is so different. Their story is so different. I thought about it in the first service today. The Bible says, try the spirits to see if they be of God. If Ahab, Ahab knew that those men were not of God, Ahab knew that their spirit was not what it was supposed to be. And he did not want to hear from Micaiah because he knew that man's spirit was right. You can't just say, well, they're, they're religious and they, they mean well. And oh, yeah, try. The Bible says, try the spirits and see if they be of God. If it's a spirit that's maybe confirming something in your life that's not of God, don't accept that and say, that's not the spirit that I want to be a part of. God help me to submit to the voice that he's put in my life that will help me get to places of prosperity and growth and encouragement and blessing and not destruction. Amen. So here's what it says. It goes on and, and uh, the chapter is, is, is such a sad tale of Ahab. But the Bible lets us know that seeking God first is the option that we have. It's an option on the table. So I don't have any options. Remember what pastor's telling you today. You always, in every circumstance, in every situation, no matter what it is, good, bad, job, family, loss, blessing, faith, it doesn't matter. You always have this option along with whatever else. I don't have any option. You always have this option. If there's nothing else, seek God. It's always there. It's never absent of life, absent of your life. You always have the option. Remember pastor telling you today, you can always seek God in the moment of your challenge. Always. Somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. Matthew 6.33 says this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. Not second, not third, not last, not down the list, not some other week in the calendar. Seek Him first. Seek Him first. Go to Him first. And the Bible said, and all these things shall be added unto you. When He's first, everything you couldn't do, He blesses you with. Everything you couldn't make up, He blesses you with. He comes through for you. It's His Word. If He doesn't do it, you stand in His face and call Him a liar. It's, it's a lot easier to tell me, I can, I want, whatever. I'm just going to point you to him and say, oh, tell me that, but one day you'll face him. One day you'll have to say, you liar. You won't bless me. You won't heal me. You won't provide for me. You won't come through for me. I got to have every dollar of every check that comes in. It's got to go in my pocket and take care of my bills. Really? Okay. Okay. Tell him. Your windows don't open for people that are faithful. Your windows aren't. You, you talk to him about that. Okay? Often, often... The real, the real, the real test of one's life. Man, I'm not getting through this very quickly today. Often the real test of one's life comes after, listen, because here's where, here's where the plot thickens. And this is, this is where everything shifts, okay? Often the real test of one's life comes after they declare they declare one thing in reference to another person's situation. They come to you and you say, well, if I were you, I would do whatever. Well, I think you should, and, and we, we're the sage with all this advice because we're, not the, we're the one on the outside. We're like, well, you ought to do this. And, and we're giving all this instruction and direction and working people through it. And I, but here, the test of your life comes after you've given 
direction and advice to other people, about two or three weeks later or a month later when you have to face the same situation in your life, <laughs> and then, then, then the truth comes out of what you really believe. Because you can tell it, well, if I, I would do this, and then you're in the situation, you're faced with it, and you're like, hey, I need about 50 people to tell me we can do this. See, Jehoshaphat was all up in Ahab's face. Listen, man, let's call on God. And that's the way you feel pastor is today. Pastor, he doesn't understand where I'm at. He doesn't understand. You realize I'm, I, I have flesh just like you. I face same circumstances just like you. I go through life just like you. And I may declare one thing to you, but more times than not, as soon as I preach something, I get to face it a few days later. So that's why I don't always point. Sometimes I just do this because I want all my fingers going your direction. And you know how they say that, you know how they say, you point a finger, there's, four, there's three you pointing back at. Not all the time for me because I do this because I want to make sure it's all out there and not. <laughs> but you will have to face many times something similar in your own life. And that's the test. Because what you do in that moment is paramount. And I have to say this, and, and this message would not make a lot of sense to you if I didn't say this. Two chapters later, two chapters later, chapter 20, verse 1, after this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, if you know much about the Scripture, you know where we're going right now. Two chapters later, Moabites, Ammonites, ho, oh, Meunites came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Now, now Jehoshaphat, no Ahab, Ahab met his demise two chapters before. Now Jehoshaphat, the guy that was saying, Seek God, turn to God, let's see what the Word of God says. Two chapters later, three armies come up against him and direct all of their aggression toward Jehoshaphat and those that were with him. And, and the Bible said they came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, behold. They're, they're, and, and you have to do a deeper study. I don't have time to get into it all today. You have to know where they're coming from. You have to know that these are malicious people. You have to know that these are trained hit men. You have to know that the battle is not going to be easy. These are well-versed, well-equipped. You know, you fight one level of devils and then you jump into the, into the fire, frying pan with the next level of devils and you're like, oh yeah, these were, that was easy a few months ago. Now I'm right in the middle. That's, that's what was coming against him. That's the men that were from a particular place, Ahazan, Tamar. And he's saying, that this, you're, you're, it's Jehoshaphat, it's bad. He could turn to fear. He could turn to arrogance. Wait a minute, I got a great army. Wait, I got money. I can buy my own hitmen. You know who you're talking to? I don't care how many armies they bring. Listen, I'm the goat. Before there was a goat, I'm the goat, greatest of all. Yes, that's me. Uh, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat could have at that moment done something completely different. Are you seeing this as I'm seeing this? The Bible said, then Jehoshaphat was afraid. He knew it was serious. He knew it was real. He knew life was unfolding and set his face 
to seek the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, Ahab, we need to talk to God. And here, two chapters later, when he's facing difficulty in his own life, he didn't just say, that was for them, but I'm excluded from all of that. When life happened to him, the very first thing he did in the midst of his fear and in the midst of, I don't know how we're going to do this, the Bible said he, first thing, he turned to God. He set his face to seek God. And then he proclaimed a fast. All right? This is going to make sense to you here in a moment. He proved that earlier direction that he had given to Ahab wasn't just a suggestion. Do you know when I preach to you, I have to live these messages? I'm not suggesting things. This is how I live. This is how I make it through life. This is... This is how I face Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three, four, five weeks a month, month, 12 months out of the year, every year and decade that comes by, family that dies, pass away, sickness that comes, trouble that shows up, blessings and favors that show up, abundance and help from God that shows up, all the things. I'm here today because I live this. And, I, and, and, and you have to understand that he wasn't, suge- I'm not suggesting you do something that I don't do myself. I'm not telling you, preaching, you go do something and then I live a different way. No, if I'm preaching it, I'm living it. If I'm not, if I'm not preaching it, it's probably because I'm not living it. And I'm not going to be a hypocrite about it and try to portray something different to you than what's the real reality of my life. I can't answer for everyone else. I have to answer for me. And so when trouble came his way, what did he do? He turned to God. When trouble comes my way, I turn to God. When trouble shows up, I turn to God. When difficulty surfaces, I turn to God. When advancement comes, I turn to God. When blessings come, I turn to God. Because it's the first thing that I do in every situation of life. And that's what I challenge you to do. And I'll be quick here. The Bible said he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. Because he did it, they did it. Because pastor's willing to push the plate back. There's people in this church that are willing to push the plate back. Because pastor's willing to seek God, the loss in life and the advancements of life. There's people in this church that are willing to do it. Jehoshaphat took a stand and the Bible said the people assembled to seek help from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. He proved this. Now here's here's a quick overview of my vision for the next 12 months here at Vertical. And, and, And my vision is simply this for 2019, that we would turn to God. Turn to God first in every aspect of our life. Turn to God when blessings come. Turn to God when difficulty comes. Turn to God when things are challenging. Turn to God when things are great. Turn to God. Not to others. Not to solutions that have no longevity in them. But turn to Him and you say, well, well, what is the first thing we're going to do? Push the plate back? Declare a fast? Say, this is, this is what God wants for us. But I'll say this, not just one fast. There have been times in the past that we fasted seven days. There have been times we fasted 14, 21, 30, 40. We've done all kinds of fasts through this, I don't even know how many years. 
Um, when, I, when I first went to Bible college, I started fasting. That was in 1984. I don't even know how many years ago that's been. Lord, help me, 30, 30, what, six or so? 35, 35 years ago, four or five, and I started fasting every week. I started fasting every week, not every once in a while. Started doing annual fast, started fasting weeks on end. Why? Because I know what works when you turn to Him. When you turn to Him, something begins to shift in the atmosphere. Something begins to change in your life. I wouldn't even begin to try to calculate the amount of days that I fasted in the last 35 years. It's a whole lot of days. But if you just fasted one day a week for the next 52 weeks, when you got to the end of this year, you'd have 52 days under your belt. You'd be right at 60 days of fasting. You get to 60 days of fasting and people want to talk, I don't know what God is. You say, hey, two months out of this year I fasted. Two months out of this year. You start saying one year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. You fasted a whole lot and when you seek him first, seek him first in his kingdom, seek his righteousness and the things that he has to say he will start adding all those other things, people say well look at pastor, he's blessed, he does this, he has that, yes but I seek God first in every situation I could live on my family name I could live on my inheritance I could live on the blessings of where I came from, I could live on the experiences that I have but I don't rely on one of them, I I'm thankful for it all, but I'm willing to walk away from what others would never let go of and say, I'll start a church from the ground up all over again because I seek him first. He matters more to me than anything. And if he brought me through yesterday, he'll bring me through today. And if he brings me through today, he'll take me through tomorrow. I don't live my life turning to fear. I don't live my life turning to doubt. I don't live my life in the past. I live my life to say the first thing I'll do is turn to God. Turn to God. When people rise up and criticism comes and ridicule comes, I'm turning to God. When it would be easy for bitterness to set in and hurt to set in and disappointment to set in. No, no, no. Not, I've come way too far to let that junk in my life. I'm turning to Him first and say, God, here it is. You deal with it. You handle it. I'm just trying to be your mouthpiece in the earth today. So as a church, we turn to God in every aspect. We begin with a fast. But throughout this year, we're going to have not, not 14 days, not 21 days, not 30, not 40, not Daniel, none of that. This year, we're doing three-day quarterly fast. We're starting the first fast off by going through the seven days, the last four days, one meal a day. But in the spring, we're going to have a three-day fast. And in the summer, we're going to have a three-day fast. And in the fall, we're going to have a three-day fast. We're not doing it all at one time in January this year. We're splitting this up throughout the year so we can keep Him first. So we can keep Him first. I want Him to remain first in all of our lives. And I plan on leading you to seek Him first through every day, every week, every month of 2019. When life begins to mount up against you, if you're spiritual, if you're spiritual, you'll turn to God and the things of God first, the things that represent Him. If you're carnal, you'll turn to friends and family and social media and entertainment and feel sorry and this and that. No, but if you're spiritual, you'll turn to Him first and the things that represent Him. Let me run through this quickly here. I can't explain it all to you today, but this is what turning to Him first looks like. Why not say in 2019, church has become 
and will become a priority for me and my family. One, one, one man said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's really hard to serve the Lord if you're not faithful to the house of God. How can you serve one that you never get in His presence and entertain His presence? Be faithful to the house of God. How, do you, how does He become first? Be faithful to the church. When the doors are open, listen folks, it's a couple hours on Sunday. How hard is that? You have a whole lot of other hours during the week to do whatever you get big enough to do. But a couple of hours on Sunday to to just walk in and say, I want to honor you because you're first. You're first in my life. My job's not first. My career's not first. My family's not first. My education's not first. My entertainment's not first. My relaxation and rest is not first. You're first in my life. And so I'm giving you this first day of every week to say, my kids are going to be in the house of God. My family's going to be in the house of God. We're going to be there with the people of God. That's what first looks like. First looks like people that find time to pray every day. People that make it a priority to be first Saturday night prayer and and say, I'm going to be there. Yes, there's a lot of other things you can schedule and a lot of other things you can do and a lot of other things you can put on top of that. So can I. But I made my mind up. Prayer is what makes him first in my life. Attendance to his house is what makes him first in my life. And so nothing else is going to steal that fasting, when you push the plate back, you're saying you're first in my life. That's why we do this. That's why we we put it in the bulletin week after week. You'll see it uh, most every time. Weekly prayer and fasting. What are we saying? Sign up. Find a time every week to fast. Every week of the year. Fast, fast, fast. Pray, pray, pray. Because this keeps him first. Be in a group. That's godly fellowship. Godly fellowship keeps him first. If you don't have godly fellowship, he's not first. Your friends are first. Your job is first. Your career is first. Your entertainment is first. Your social media is first. I can't be there for an hour and a half. I know why. He's not first. And if he's not first, he's not even on the list. He's either Lord or he's not Lord at all. So don't, don't con yourself into believing, I don't have to do what everybody else does. I don't have to be. The Bible said they forsook not the assembling of themselves together. The Bible tells us not to do that. Even as we see the day approaching, get together even more. But in the book of Acts, they got together faithfully and they broke bread and they had communion and they prayed and they did. And the Bible said, and there was grace and there was abundance and God blessed the church and He added to the church daily. Be in a group. Sign up for a group. Well, I don't like any of those topics. It doesn't matter. It's not as much about the topic as, 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 as it is you going to heaven. I want you to go to heaven. Go if they're talking about bubble gum. Go if they're talking about clowns that scare people. It don't matter. Just be there. Why? Because there's godly fellowship there. That's first. That's what first looks like. I'm just trying to help you understand what first looks like. First looks like ministry. First is ministry. Serving others. Please, there will be times when you need to be served. But if you are one that always needs to be served, quit quit wearing out the saints of the Most High and be a minister and start serving others because at the moment you start serving others, there's some people that want everything for themselves. But honestly, as a pastor, I cannot name one time that I've ever been knowledgeable of them doing one thing for anybody else. 
but I'm supposed to have a bleeding heart. Big. Oh my Lord, yes. Really? It's one thing if you don't know. It's a different story if you just come here and want to be served. I promise you, we're going to make you so uncomfortable that you're going to hate me like Ahab hated Micaiah. Because I'm going to say prayer, fasting, read your Bible, go to a group, be involved, serve, minister, come, set up, tear down, teach a class, sing on the platform, be an usher, be a greeter. Find somewhere to serve. Find somewhere to give out. Find somewhere to minister to everybody else instead of everybody else ministering to you. Because God being first in your life doesn't look like you always on the receiving end. God first in your life is displayed when you're always on the giving end. Man, I'm saying a whole lot of good stuff today. First, first in your life, I got to move quickly. My wife's going to kill me. No, she isn't. She loves me too much. I've kept her saved all these years. I'm not just her pastor. I'm just her husband. I'm her pastor. <laughs> Amen. Some people say, oh, you can't live for God and start up churches. You can't live for God and mature. And, and we, don't have, so we don't have choirs. We don't have, and we, have time. we don't have Sunday school. We don't have youth groups. Oh, my God. That's not church. Yeah, I raised three girls in that. My wife and I have started three churches. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can live for God. You can grow in your walk with God. Depends on if you're carnal or spiritual. Depends on if you're wanting to be served or be the servant. If you're wanting to serve, God will never let things fall apart around you. He'll keep building things up around you and blessing you with things and opening doors. And you'll just shake your head and say, my God, I never knew it could be this great. My Lord, I'm preaching. Spiritual growth, spiritual growth and maturity, that's first. Are you growing in God? If you're not growing, it's because He's not first. Are you, are you growing spiritually? If you look back over the last 12 months and you haven't grown, grown spiritually, he's not first. So get him first this year. If you're not maturing in the things of God and you're like, man, I'm just so frustrated. That's not on him. That's on you. It's not on the church. We're providing opportunities for it to happen. We're opening doors for people to get involved and putting you and saying, hey, there's training here and there's leadership there and there's membership there and there's service over there and there's community stuff there. What are you doing? Well, I just need somebody to pray for me. Okay, we will. But you'll never understand where we are at if that's where you're content to live. We'll always be kind of strange to you. <laughs> that's okay. We kind of like it, don't we, Faith? <laughs> Just like, okay. Anyway, whatever. This is, this is, grow. Let's stand together. With all this stuff that I'm saying, all this stuff. Here's my question. What's first for you? Because what may be first for me and what may be first for the next person isn't always the same for everybody. I have my own set of circumstances. I have my own set of challenges 
proclivities. And you, you, you share the same. I just found out 35 years ago that there was a place I could turn in every situation. And because I made a decision and continued to make that same decision, it's not a new one, it's the same one. It's the same one. It's the same one. It's the same one. I'm here today. And I'm thankful for the blessings of God. But I ask, I ask you the question, what's first for you? And if I need to make it even more personal, who is first for you? Is it your family? I love my family, but my wife and I, we had this agreement a long time ago. For both of us, God's first. I can't put her above that. She can't put me above that. It doesn't work that way. There's divine order. And if you fall in the divine order, favor and blessings will come. It'll come on you. You'll live in abundance. I am so, I am so excited and anticipating this, this year. In the next few days, you can look on the church website, look at the calendar area.